on the line. Good morning, RWM. Hey, good morning, Nathan. So now we've come to another pivotal day when, as Cavalier poet Thomas Carew once aptly remarked, June is past. We're on yet another cusp. Tomorrow in this current leap year, we will have weathered exactly 183 days, leaving us exactly 183 days left to travel in 2008 before the onset of 2009. British critic Wilfred Gower's round asserts that June is the reality of the poet's claims for May. And British Renaissance poet Roland Watkins holds that for every marriage, then, is best in tune when that the wife is May, the husband June. We should remember this morning's end of June sounds, the pleasant noise till noon that romantic poet Samuel Taylor Coleridge spoke of in The Ancient Mariner, a noise like a hidden brook in the leafy month of June that to the sleeping woods all night singeth a quiet tune. Hearkening to this morning's local paper's business section, debits and credits cartoon, I see a father figure holding his chainsaw in his left hand and draping his right arm over his young son's shoulders. The two of them are standing in front of a rail fence and looking over it to the neat and tidy tree stand of healthy-looking, semi-mature, deciduous trees. And the father says, Someday, son, this will all be $300 a cord. A few pages before in this morning's paper, I check out the opinion poll from yesterday, which entertained the question, Have you already made arrangements to buy fuel to heat your home this coming winter? Out of 195 online responses, 49% said yes and 51% said no. 31 years ago when I first arrived in Maine around this time of year, I'd already started thinking about what I was going to do to keep my family and myself warm in a two-story house we just rented in Old Town. The abundance of firewood everywhere I looked pretty much settled the question immediately. Two months later, the semester had begun at the university, and early on, my office mate introduced me to someone who had become a lifelong friend. He was one of my office mate's students, who was also a local boy who had plenty of local contacts for wood to be felled or otherwise worked up, but needed a chainsaw and a truck. Enter yours truly. Before long, we had cords and cords of wood in each of our dooryards, plenty enough to stay warm with and plenty extra to, to sell to help supplement our otherwise meager incomes. It was a partnership made in heaven. In future years, my office mate student would go on to become one of the area's leading accountants, someone who has taken good care of my tax returns ever since. Don't ask me why our industrious approach toward the landscape seems like an appropriate segue to where I'm headed next here this morning. All I can say is that I found something this weekend not in the least bit amusing, but nonetheless fantastically interesting. The story concerns one five-pound muskrat who dug a hole through a levee in Winfield, Missouri, causing the levee to eventually fail, despite the efforts of 300 National Guard soldiers and hundreds of townspeople to prevent it. Speculation was that the muskrat was looking for food or building a den, or perhaps both. I'll leave you with one more thing this morning to think about for next week. It comes from the great singer Lena Horne, whose birthday it is today. Lena once sagely remarked, Always be smarter than the people who hire you. I'm sure most of us at some point have found such advice to have been of significant value during many of our employment opportunities. Tomorrow, no Maine.